Hello and welcome to the Cowboys blog post game report. I'm Pablo. And I'm Rob V. We're actually going to try and be in a good mood for this podcast because everybody is kind of doing the fatalist thing right now. Yeah, despite um, how horrible we feel on the inside, um, we're going to try not to let that show. So We're going to project an image of... Unicorns. Unicorns. And like uh, Ray Lewis flying around oh, on a raven. raven. Yeah, that's Blowing up planets. It's the sort of image we want to portray on this episode. We're not going to talk about the last play of the game. Which was a no, bad play. No, we are. Play. We obviously yeah. are. We're well, you, just, you can't say we're not going to talk about the last play of the game because you're then talking about the last play of the game. Do we really need to talk about it? I think at this point everybody is... Um... There's there's nothing to even analyze. It was just like, you're a moron, <laughs> and that's it. How how was well, I not aware up to, up until this point that uh, Alex Barron is the most penalized player in the world? How was I not not in the NFL in the world? <laughs> uh, I I don't know, dude. Like I was so happy that we got rid of Flozell, and then come to find out we got somebody who's more penalized than him it seems like they should have warned us before the game and you know what's <laughs> sad is like i was reading like this interview they did with uh him before the game and he was like oh i'm not worried about this he's like this is not my first rodeo he's like i'm gonna prove that i'm worth the my money and then this happens like i, I kind of feel bad for the well, guy he's, he's a five-year player he's yeah. been in the league since 05 and I mean, how many years was uh, Flozell in the league? Oh, gosh. He was, like, nearing the end of his career at this point, but... What... The problem is, Arakpo just is way beyond Baron, and he just couldn't handle it. Yeah, in fairness, I mean, we picked him up in that trade with Bobby Carpenter as a backup. He's not even supposed to be starting. It's just a result of, you know, Colombo being hurt and Kozier. We had to have him out there. And that was the concern going into this game, that our offensive line's banged up, and were they going to be able to give Romo some, some time to throw? And that the commentators all game were saying, you know, we were probably playing into that, you know, concern, where Romo seemed like he was throwing sooner than he needed to be, and he wasn't trusting the offensive line. Well, it was more... It was by design. It yeah, and like that's what I... Like, uh, Garrett definitely played that... Um, card and that's all they were doing like quick drops and uh, little slants and and it's not even the Reds like the Redskins defense is to be feared when it comes to a pass rush like, they're not the Eagles they're not going to be constantly constantly blitzing you it's yeah I mean and then a lot of their blitzes were like corner blitzes even at the end of the first half and at the end of the game like they were all corner blitzes um, the last play of the game, they didn't blitz. I and mean, it, then you're not going like, to blitz on the goal line like that. They could have... Tony Romo could have scrambled and made something happen. Uh, they didn't need to hold. They didn't... I'm, we're not talking about it. Well, what happens is it's a self-fulfilling prophecy when you start, you know, doing not even, like, three-step drops before you throw, and the defense starts feeling like they need to bring pressure on blitzes to try and get to the quarterback and disrupt what you're doing... You know, if you start off the game throwing hot reads constantly, they're going to start bringing the corner blitz. That's yeah. just the way you have to bring pressure on the quarterback. Otherwise, he gets comfortable back there. He gets into a rhythm. So you bring the blitz on yourself by, you know, expecting a blitz when it's not even there to start the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I just wasn't a fan of the offensive play calling at all last night. And I think 
they could have done a much better job. And I mean, I and to be fair, we're not going to talk game... about the last play of the first half. Okay, we're not going to talk about. <laughs> so the end of the halves are off limits, but despite that, um, I I think to be fair, you have to say it's it's hard to game plan against a team that you've never seen really play before. That's They've got a true. brand new offense. They've got a brand new defense. Um, we don't really know what they have. We didn't really know what they and had. Actually, now we, we do. were quite well prepared for them. They uh, said that they had watched a lot of film on the Broncos, you know, Shanahan. They didn't do much different from what they did in Denver. But at the same time, I mean... At the same time, you throw McNabb into that fold. I mean, it's the Broncos' offense with McNabb, which is completely a different animal. So And, and it's the Redskins' defense with... Um, Shanahan's schemes, like he's 3-4 and like... Yeah, that was the difference too. It it was a difficult game and I, I didn't know what to expect going into it. I tried like... You always get your hopes up as a Cowboys fan going into seasons like, oh, we're going to go to the Super Bowl, we're going to do this and it's easy to be like... To start 0-1 and just claim that it's the end of the world but um, as a fan, I guess you have to try not to do that. But I, I mean, I'm definitely really worried about... Um, our offensive line issues. I know they said Mark Colombo is going to be in practice this Wednesday, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be ready on Sunday. Um, and I honestly doubt that he is going to be. And if that's the case, I mean, we're going to see Barron out there again. Are we really? I, I don't know if we have anybody else. It seemed like... <laughs> anybody? It seemed like uh, Wade like Phillips and then Tony Romo during the press conferences were both kind of saying the same thing, you know, like... You just have to give credit to the defense. It's everybody makes mistakes, and 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 I hate that that's their attitude. Like that's always been Wade Phillips and Tony Romo's attitude. Is like, oh well, it happens, and we're just gonna move past it. We're not gonna think about it. And I hate that. Like, why can't they be like, you know, we're not gonna stand for that. Um, we're gonna release him, even if it's to pick up. It's just their personality. Someone. They're both, you know, very easygoing guys. Romo sometimes gives off that leadership thing. You, sometimes you see the fire in him. You never really see it out of Wade. But that's just the way they are. And it's you can't change a guy's you know, demeanor. You just can't. That's who they are. It's, you know, they're not... You know, Wade isn't Mike Singletary. He's not going to get in your face and, you know, give but you they shit. They definitely, like, tiptoe around all of the major issues and all the major concerns. It's, it's ridiculous. And, I mean, who knows what happens behind closed doors. Maybe behind closed doors they're... Uh, yelling at Baron after the game. Well, you know what I read was an interesting thing. They say that uh, Roy Williams actually rode back on the plane and sat next to Baron and wow. was talking to him about how like uh, things like that happen. And that it so pisses me oh, off. Wow. Yeah. He's like, don't worry, I'm a loser like, too. And well, yeah, let's here. start a like, club. What? Oh my gosh, I I just don't <laughs> want that to happen. You know. But- <laughs> Uh, somebody tweeted out right after the game that you know Roy Williams found a way to make like a catch not count like it was his fault. <laughs> and, and, Roy Williams would do that. Gosh, dude! And to see everyone so excited after that game, you saw uh, Barber run up to yeah, Williams, right up to him. even Romo, and I heard him talk too. He was like, I, he thought that they won the game. He was running see, into the end zone. And that's why I can't get too doom and gloom about this because we fought back to win that game. And it was simply that, you know, our backup right tackle got beat on the play and grabbed the guy. And that's the difference in the game. Besides that, we drove down the length of the field when we had to. 
and we, you know, put the ball in the end zone. But it's the same story over and over for the Cowboys. It's like, you know, we did really good. We have good receivers. We have a good team. I'm not going to get you down. We just had this one mistake, or we just had these couple of mistakes. Um, other than that, we would have won the game. And it's like as a fan, you make those excuses almost every time you lose. And uh, I mean, how else can you cope with it, really? <laughs> when you look at us on I don't, paper. I, there's tequila. There's... Uh, <laughs> Now, there's all, all sorts of liquors, and that's how I choose to deal with it. Um, but that's besides, that's another, that's another podcast, I guess. Ugh. All I mean, I'm saying is, like, uh, you don't want to get too down, but at the same time, you don't want to take a Wade Phillips attitude about it and be like, whoa, it happens. Because it, it, it doesn't happen to good teams, you know? Well, see, that's the thing. I have a big problem with the Cowboys fan base, because a lot of it is Fairweather fans, people who... You know, at the first sight of blood, they start panicking, you know? The first quarter, if... I mean, I follow a lot of Cowboys fans, supposed Cowboys fans on Twitter, and they're just all already ready to shut off the game, you know, in the first quarter. I mean, we're down 3-0. <laughs> yeah. At that point, we hadn't even had that fuck up at the end of the half. And I think what happens, though, is, like, expectations are so, like, always. unbelievably high, and, and they shouldn't be, you know? You sort of have to check yourself as a fan as well, like... We do have a good team, but at the same time, like... And that, that's why I've always trained myself to look at the silver lining on things, because I know it's not ever as bad as everybody around you makes it sound. Like, I look at this game, our defense didn't give up a touchdown. I think that's a big plus. We know that our defense is going to be strong this year, if not dominant. It could be a dominant defense. Dude, and then there was that one Newman uh, interception they in got, the first half. Like, fun. they got called back. But... Cornerbacks do that. Corners do that. They they hold them for a second or half a second, and most of the time they get away with it. Um, it just so happens that play they didn't, and that could have been a big momentum shift, um, as could the Bueller field goal. I mean, that could have completely changed the... Yeah, you don't know. like The game. I mean, they wouldn't have... They would have kneeled down at the end of the first half if it was tied 3-3. Well, I think they would have... They should have and would have done it in any scenario. It should have happened. <laughs> oh, I thought we weren't talking about this. Yeah, it's not. That was my fault. It, and Bueller, that's, I wish that's a concern in itself because that that changes game planning. That changes the way you approach a situation when you can't count on your kicker yeah, even I mean, within you know forty yards. Yeah, we saw it last year. Um, it hurt us a lot when we whenever we got on the opponent's side of the field. And I hope that doesn't happen. Like, I wish he would have gotten another chance to go for a field goal. And I, and I hope he does early on in the next game. He's quite an athletic guy for a kicker. I mean, you don't usually see that. Yeah, I mean, he made those two almost game-saving tackles. Like, every time he kicked off the ball. And I, I mean, that's another story. Because I don't think he should have had to do that uh, to begin with. But it is amazing that we have a kicker that can do that. Um, if he needs to. I mean, I mean he is he's, really athletic. He's essentially a kickoff team himself because on the one hand, either he's going to put it in the end zone and get you a touchback, <laughs> or he's, if he doesn't, he's going to be there to make the tackle as the safety. I, yeah, we, yeah, we had talked about this where we don't really even know what we have for a coverage team because all through the preseason, he's booting it through the back of the end zone. I mean, you don't get a chance to evaluate your special teams when you have a kicker like that. Yeah, which is, I mean, and that that is crazy in itself. Like, the whole preseason he was kicking 
uh, touchbacks and the first game comes around. And I mean, and seriously, if I'm the special teams coach, I just want to tell him, you know, just you know, ease off of it a little bit. Let's see what we've got out there in a live game situation. Yeah, but you don't know what that does to a player's like... Uh, I mean, it's all muscle memory, I'm sure. Like, when you start, like, easy enough. Well, I mean, just, like, it. every once in a while. He doesn't need to do it every time. But I don't know. I've never been a kicker. I don't know how leg muscles work. <laughs> Frankly, uh, I just... I never even walk around, to be honest with you. I, just, I crawl everywhere I go. <laughs> I know nothing about leg muscles. I wear muscles in general, pretty much. <laughs> I, I know about sinew. It's called sinew and... What is that? Is that like <laughs> that's the like the goo? That's I don't know what the, sinew is. Oh. I don't. I don't know what it is. It's I thought a, you were making like when like you, a, no. I thought your mind was in the gutter. I thought you were no, talking no. about those like, uh, what are the muscles in uh, what? Uh, Kegels. Kegels. Yes. <laughs> How did I know what you were talking about? Uh, no, no, no. Like if you look at a picture of a muscle, like the red part is like the muscle, but like the white part is like sinew. I think. Sinew. I don't. I want you to edit this out because I think I'm <laughs> making this up. Uh, it doesn't matter, dude. No, nobody will. Nobody will call you out on that. What were we talking about? Um, Bueller is an amazing kicker. Did you say he's an amazing kicker? Yeah. What's wrong with that? He's an amazing kickoff specialist. That makes Thus him a far, kicker. Kickoff special. Let's be very specific here. <laughs> he is an amazing kickoff specialist. As a place kicker, so thus far he hasn't proven himself at all. I mean, that's like that's one of the, my biggest concerns. Going you can't out to say the rest Matt McBriar is a fantastic kicker. He's a fantastic punter. Yeah, I mean, our field goal unit is definitely a big concern right now. Um, our other big concern is getting our offensive line healthy. Um, but I really think, like, other than that, we have a really solid team. It's just going to be a matter of. Uh, getting the right plays called. And I think that Des Bryant showed us a lot this first game. Um, he's going to be an amazing talent for the Cowboys. I think Jerry Jones was right in giving him number 88. I mean, he's going to... I think that he's definitely going to carry he's on the gonna, legacy of... He's going to do some cocaine off some hookers. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can see that, definitely. <laughs> or wait, isn't his mother a hooker? No. <laughs> well... They're I... rumored to be hooker. Um Oh, we're going to get sick. Imagine if our one listener is Des Bryant and he just like... <laughs> Sorry, Des. Uh, regardless, Des Bryant is a really... To be honest, I was impressed. Yeah, I think he put it up... being the... his first game in Washington. The numbers he put up were... Uh, I think they tied our franchise record for like rookies really? and receptions and yards. I mean, he had eight receptions for 56 yards. That's... I wouldn't that's be surprised. Solid, I wouldn't be surprised. That's, that's solid. I mean... Um, he was second to Austin, and which brings up the point: like, where was uh, Jason Witten? I mean, I had him on my fantasy league, and he did absolutely nothing. I think I got like one point for him. It's it gets to a point where you have so much talent out there running routes that you know somebody's gonna get lost in the shuffle. It it hopefully it's just this particular game is where it happened. And whatever the game plan was that, you know... It's just so... Like, it frustrates me more and more the more I think about it. Like, our first drive was so uh, well-conceived. Like, at least the first couple of plays. I know they went to Austin. Then they went to Bennett. Then they went back to Austin. um, And then it was like as soon as they... And then they went to Bryant, right? Yeah. And then as soon as they tried to go to him again for that uh, quick little... That drive kind of fell apart. It fell apart. And then they went to it again. Like... 
it, it wasn't even just the drive that fell apart. It was like our whole game fell apart in that first that first series. And I, I really don't understand what Garrett's play I mean, calling. Yeah, you can't really justify doing it like three times. I thought at the time, you know, it's them trying to get Dez into the flow of the game. You know, get his rookie jitters out. But yeah, that killed their drive, essentially. And you can't do that that early in a, in a rivalry game on the road. You know, when you don't know what you've got anyway with that kid. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I am happy that a lot of the uh, receiving unit got to touch the ball. And I think that everyone's going to have a good season. It's just a matter of uh, whether or not we're going to call the right series of plays. Um, we had, I think we converted a good majority of our third downs. It's just a matter of our end zone trouble, our red zone troubles again. And I mean, we have a solid running game. Other than to start, to it looked like choice. Barber is back. It, that's that's what, what it looked like. Yeah, I mean, they gave him the the ball the majority of the first half, and then the second half they went uh, entirely with like choice and uh, Felix Jones. And I think that that in itself, like Garrett, has to do a better job of like switching back and forth See, between well, them. Well, I agree with that to an extent. Whereas it used to be before we knew what we had with Felix and Tashard. That, you know, Barber was the guy, and he was pretty much going to pound it away, and then we would change pace with somebody. Now we kind of know what we have with them, so we need to get them the ball. We know we need to get Felix the ball, for sure. And we know Tashard can do something, too. And it's really hard to divide up carries between three backs. You know, it's hard enough with two backs. Yeah. And to have three backs that you're trying to get touches, it's really difficult. At the so, same time, I think uh, both Barber and uh, Felix had eight carries. I mean, it's a total of, what, 16 carries for like 80 yards? And they were successful like for both players. They were successful carries for both players. I don't know. So, I mean, I, I, guess, mean it was... I guess to a certain extent, you're right. Like, what can you do when you have uh, a great receiving group, you have two great tight ends that, that you're trying to get involved, and then you have three running backs? It's It's ridiculous. But that's what I think a talented offensive coordinator does. And I think at the beginning of his career with the Cowboys, like he looked like he was going to be that guy. And I, I know he got a lot of money because of it. Um, but it was almost like as soon as that contract was signed, he sort of fell off. And he hasn't been able to replicate that success. I, I, it, could well, be, it could be anything from you know the rest of the league adjusting to him, like finally having some film on what he does, what his tendencies are. I mean, you don't know what it is. It obviously there's something wrong, and it's not. It's not one of those things where you know it's crippling to our team, but it's starting to grow as a concern. Well, it just frustrates fans, I think, and it frustrates. Uh, you hear it in the commentators as well, like, uh, like you were saying uh, before we started recording, like Tony Dungy, like all of these commentators are just completely down on the Cowboys at so many points. Um, because they underachieve so much. Like with a, a group as talented as the Cowboys have, you should be putting up numbers comparable to the Saints, comparable to uh, the Patriots. Like we should be right there with those See, guys. And again, I think it's a concern of us having almost too much talent on the field running those routes. Whereas, you know, someone like the Patriots, you've got, you know, Moss and Welker. And that's it. You've got your, your deep threat and you've got your slot receiver that's, you know, you know, creating space for himself. We've got every guy running a route is somebody that's, you know, demanding attention. And it 
it's really hard. I, I can only imagine how hard it is for Romo to, you know, go out there, have a play called, and know what to expect out there. You don't know which guy's going to break out because they're all expected to break out. And it comes down to just finding which guy the defense decided to ignore for that play. And, I mean, I'm sure there's, there's going to be even added pressure this year when it comes to Des Bryant. I know Jerry Jones made a point of saying that he uh, he made it a point to say Des Bryant needs to get a lot of carries, needs to get a lot of touches this game. And as a owner or a general manager, that's, I mean, as Jerry Jones, when you tell your team that, that's tough, man. Like, I hate when he does that, when he tries to coach the team, because it affects them. Like, when you're forcing your coordinator to go to Des Bryant, I'm sure that had a lot to do with that first series and Jason Garrett going to Des Bryant those Yeah, but it didn't need to be done the way he did it. You know, like, two or three consecutive wide receiver screens, that's not the way to do it. Yeah, but, like, how creative can you be in that situation? Like, it's tough. Like, and you're right. Like, if you were um, that great of an offensive coordinator, I'm sure he should have come up with something. But he sort of, like, outthought himself. He was like, oh, I'm going to... I'm going to run the same sort of play two times in the row. If they get it the first time, then they won't now, expect it the second time. Again, eh, whenever... That's something that horrible players here, on Madden do. Else, like, that, you know, that's on a, on, a, on a screen pass to a receiver like that, you never know also if that's a check down by the quarterback. You don't know if Romo saw something and decided to throw the hot read. But what could he have seen, especially on that second I, I, I'm one? I'm almost certain the, the second Hall one The Angelo was like right there. It was, he was like four yards away. It was ridiculous. Um, I remember that when that happened, they were talking about how um, the corners for the Redskins now are starting to look in at the quarterback. Yeah. So it's almost like, I want to say, and this is giving you know total benefit of the doubt to Garrett, I want to say they were baiting them to do a double move. I think that's what they were setting up. I think they were trying to lure, you know, haul up to bite on that screen and then set up a double move. To but you do that slowly over the I, course I of a series, not twice in a row. And that, I don't know, man. It was disappointing. Like, I, that's uh, just being a Cowboys fan, I guess. Like, I definitely need to drink more during the, <laughs> during the Bears game because I think that's going to be a tough one for us, too. Um, as long as our offensive line is banged up like it is, it's going to be tough going. Uh, I mean, that's what we learned from this game, is that everything's in place except the offensive line is going to give us trouble. It concerns me that we're at this point in the season. We're on game week two of the season, and I think Chicago was like a must win for us because you can't go into into Reliance Stadium being down 0-2 because you'll likely come out, the, come out of there with a loss. Like That's going to be a tough game force and we have to go in there with at least a one and one record because who knows what's going to happen then so so in that sense like the chicago game is a must win i i really don't like to say must wins this early in the season but i think you're right i the way the schedule is it sucks i mean some years that's what happens some years you end up you know with your back against the wall very early in the season and i don't know i've always believed that you can always turn things around up until a certain point in the season. Definitely. But, but yeah, uh, games against, um, you know, not even in the division after this could, you know, put us in a hole. Yeah, and I mean... That's, that's a concern. The Cowboys are con- a concern in themselves, I think. All you can do is is hope we see something better from them next game. And, and this, 
What sucks is that Washington is supposed to be the least of our concerns in the division. <laughs> well, no, I think that that has to be the Eagles now that we've seen. Well, I, Michael Vick scares me more than McNabb. I, the way he looked in that game against, what was it, uh, Carolina? No, oh, no it was the Carolina. Packers. The Packers, my fault. Yeah, he looked he good. Looked, but it... He looked like Atlanta Falcons Vick. That's what he looked like. Yeah, and that's why a lot of people are saying, like, I've read a couple of columnists and stuff say, you know what, it's a tough division regardless. Like, a lot of people were saying, oh, the Cowboys haven't won. Uh, the Redskins are um, just going through a rebuilding process. The Eagles uh, have Cobb and and, and uh, Vic, and they're not going to be a threat. And then the Giants are, I don't know what's up with the Giants. The Giants could explode um, at any moment as well. Like, the division is tough again. I don't think that this trade, this McNabb trade to the Redskins helped at all. It's This is a tough division. It's going to be a tough year it, for it us. It never happens that you don't trade within a division a player like that. It's, I mean, that's a completely other thing. We don't need to get into that. That's the, the basics of it, the gist of it is that we have a tough schedule ahead of us. Um, going down one game in the division is a tough way to start your year. Hopefully they recover from this next week against Chicago. I mean, we win this next game, you know, it's not so much of a concern anymore. It really isn't. Yeah. I mean, we could even drop the game to Houston and be 1-2 and two and I'm, you know. I think that... Um, given the injuries it, we have, I would not I would take that. It's tough not to look ahead, though, because, like, I think that if we beat the Bears next week, um, everyone's going to just sort of be like, well, we should have beat the Bears. And I'm sure it would have been even the same if we had beat the Redskins, you know? Like, our definitive game is going to be against the Texans. Like, if we beat the Texans, who just knocked out Indy, Indy, that's going to be a huge win for us, you know? That's going to be the way to start the season is is if we beat them. If we don't, then that's just leading us into, like, a mediocre start of the season. It really is. To be honest, I shouldn't be looking ahead, but that Foster guy... Oh, what is it, Orion or Arian Foster? That's yeah. It's gonna be a tough matchup for us, and yeah, I mean, it's it's just a tough beginning of the season, but uh, we'll see how it goes, right? Yeah. So we'll catch you guys next week uh, after the Chicago game. <sighs> we'll see y'all on the other side. On the other side.